morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Happy, happy Thursday, everybody. I hope y'all are having a wonderful, wonderful day. We are here. We are kind of live, but it's not live because it's a podcast and all of that wonderful stuff. Make sure to drop that follow and download and five-star rating and all that fun stuff. And a happy Thursday, everybody. We've got a new friend of the show joining us later on here today. His name is Tunji the Goat, and you can check him out on TikTok. He's got like 250,000 followers on TikTok. I found him on my Instagram, and this dude's got some fantastic comedy, and man, we love his comedy. So he'll join us later on here in the show. We got a little finals talk and uh, a little NBA mixed in, and we get, we get some laughs mixed around in there, so I'm excited for that coming up. But first, welcome back, NFL. We've got some breaking, breaking, breaking news coming in yesterday, which was Fred Warner. Y'all know Fred Warner. Maybe you don't know Fred Warner. It's understandable if you don't know Fred Warner because middle linebackers get forgotten quite a bit in the NFL now and then, but Fred Warner the star linebacker of the San Francisco 49ers, who wasn't quite the star of the Super Bowl team, which is probably why, if you were unfamiliar with how good Fred Warner is, maybe you knew the name but didn't know that he was one of the four best inside linebackers in the NFL, probably three best inside linebackers in the NFL, with Bobby Wagner and himself, and who we'll talk about coming up later, my boy Darius Leonard, So if you didn't know anything about Fred Warner, who wasn't a huge part of that Super Bowl run, but then, you know, last season kind of emerged as the the Superman-type player for the San Francisco 49ers in his third season, made an All-Pro last season, Fred Warner got a $95 million contract extension that only has $40 million guaranteed. I think it was $40.5 million, but it it comes out to about 42.5. 4% guaranteed in his contract. And I was surprised because I know that for quarterback numbers, the bar is set much higher on guaranteed dollars. It usually hangs around 65-70. And I know for like other positional groups that's around that 40% number in terms of guaranteed dollars, but I had just thought that, you know, some sort of record-setting contract might break that mold a little bit, and I was just a little bit surprised. That Fred Warner only got 42%, but also um, I might be ignorant about how those those guaranteed dollars work in the position groups. Now, should football contracts be fully guaranteed? Absolutely. Like every other sports league, those contracts should be fully guaranteed. But I, I was surprised that the number was only $40.5 million guaranteed at signing for Fred Warner. But Either way, Fred Warner kicks off this long line of contract extensions that are coming for the 2018 draft class. Last year was the same thing. Patrick Mahomes got an extension, then Deshaun Watson got a contract extension, and this year 
Warner gets a contract extension from the 2018 class, and Leonard will get an extension, and Josh Allen will get one, and Lamar Jackson will get one, and Saquon will get one, and Denzel Ward, and maybe Baker Mayfield, but probably not Baker Mayfield, will get an extension. And the Colts will give Quentin Nelson a contract extension, and the Steelers will give Minka Fitzpatrick an extension. And the Cowboys already gave one to Leighton Vander Esch. And the Chargers are going to give one to Derwin James. And the Browns will give another one to Nick Chubb because that 2018 Browns class was ridiculously good. And Orlando Brown got one from the, is, or I'm sorry, is going to get one from the Kansas City Chiefs after he got traded from the Baltimore Ravens. And Mark Andrews will get an extension from the Ravens. And all of these 2018 guys will get contract extensions because the 2018 NFL draft class is freaking loaded. Just ridiculously loaded. I didn't even, I've named like 10 guys. I didn't even mention Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow got the richest contract of any center in NFL history. So we've got now the highest paid center in NFL history, highest paid inside linebacker in NFL history, soon to break the record again, highest paid inside linebacker in NFL history, highest paid quarterback in NFL history will be Josh Allen, then Lamar Jackson will break that record. So quarterback twice, inside linebacker twice, Quentin Nelson will get the richest contract for a guard in NFL history. Nick Chubb might get the richest contract for a running back in NFL history. Frank Ragnow, obviously, we mentioned him before. So that's like five different position groups getting richest contracts ever. Not to mention, Mark Andrews is going to be in the top three at his position. So a lot of dudes getting giant contracts from a stacked 2018 NFL draft class. But I wanted to focus in on the 49ers here because they're relevant right now and it gave me a perfect segue to actually talk about the San Francisco 49ers as, you know, an unofficial official season preview. We kind of did that with the Bears last week and the Chargers the week before and the Rams, I think the week before that, but it might have been the same episode as the Chargers where we talked about Matt Stafford and those pieces on defense when you lose John Johnson and Troy Hill and have to come back with Darius Leonard and lose Sam Ebukam to the 49ers. So I wanted to talk about the 49ers a bit, and Fred Warner gives me a leeway into that, which is talking about the 49ers cap space. And I've got some research here about the 49ers cap situation, because the 49ers, if you look at the 49ers roster up and down this year, and it's not this isn't an uncommon thing that we're about to talk about, but it was something that kind of jumped off the page when I was looking at the 49ers roster. The 49ers are 18 months removed from the Super Bowl, and I look up and down their depth chart, and I realize that this is a really different team than just 18 months ago. I mean, the most notable one is obviously going to be Trey Lance, like they have a brand new quarterback starting for them this season, but I look up and down the team, and obviously we know what's going on with Richard Sherman, which I don't want to talk about because there's a lot of tone deafness around the mental health issue there, but you look at obviously Trey Lance and Trey Sermon. Uh, <laughs> there's only one running back from the championship team, and it was Raheem Mostert. And then you've got Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver. Debo Samuel was a rookie, but wasn't a huge part of the offense. Um, obviously, they have similar names like George Kittle, Mike McGlinchey on offense, but you've got Alex Mack at center. He wasn't part of the championship team. Trent Williams wasn't a part of the championship team. We move over to the defense. You've got Javon Kinlaw and DJ Jones inside. Yes, you've got Armstead and Bosa and Dre Greenlaw 
Fred Warner was not an integral part of the Super Bowl team. Yes, he was their starting linebacker, but wasn't really a superstar. And then I look at the rest of the roster, Waster, <laughs> like Elmer Fudd, the Waster. I see Sam Ebukam. You see Jason Verrett, who was not healthy during the Super Bowl season, but was technically on the team. Jaquizy Tart. Like, they've got some different guys on this team. I think it's about 11 starters. So about half the starters are carryovers from the Super Bowl team. Uh, and most of those would be on defense and the kicker, Robbie Gould. So about half the team is still the same from the Super Bowl run, for better or for worse. Like, you add a cheaper and higher ceiling quarterback. You add a star left tackle. So, you know, for better or for worse on a lot of this stuff. But the 49ers have retooled this team, and now that cap space that they spent four years rebuilding to attain and then tearing down, but then getting the freedom of the cap space from some of those contracts expiring, like Richard Sherman, like uh, Jarek McKinnon, all those contracts expiring all of a sudden sets them up to have cap space again, be flush with some cap space as they are right now. They currently hold the 12th most cap space in the NFL going into the 2021 season. And that cap space is getting ready to be spent. Even though the cap is an illusion in the NFL, what 12th most cap space signifies is that the 49ers have spending money. The 49ers are preparing for long-term contracts for some of their superstars. It's what led to them trading DeForest Buckner for Javon Kinlaw and trading all of their future first-round picks to get Trey Lance on a cheap contract so that Jimmy Garoppolo's contract could then expire without having to sign him to another 20 to $25 million contract. The 49ers are preparing for their superstars to hit maximum contract status. And the NFL doesn't have a true max contract because different position groups get different spending powers. But what I focused in on when talking about the max contract in the NFL is a player getting about 15, 10-15% to 15% of the salary cap allocated to their contract. Most teams in building a competitive roster can usually fit about 5 of those players onto their roster. And the 49ers have about six players who are candidates for those types of contracts coming up in the near future. Right now, you can afford to give Garoppolo $25 million and still have the 12th most cap space in the NFL despite having a few bad contracts here and there. And the reason they can do that is because of rookie contracts for guys like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. And we'll get to those two in a minute. Like Warner's contract is obviously now set in stone and Bosa's will be next year because Bosa's not eligible for a contract extension until after next year. But before we get to that, I wanted to focus on the 49ers past, present, and future cap space. I mentioned that they're 12th in the league right now in available cap space, which may come in handy around the trade deadline when they can use a Jimmy Garoppolo type piece to trade or if and when injuries kick in and they need to try and separate themselves from the NFC West crowd. It'll be good to have that available cap space, at least on one-year deals. In 2018, after a four-year hiatus from the playoffs, so 2018 was the year coming off they went 6-10, and 
They drafted Mike McGlinchey with the ninth pick in the draft. The year before that, they had had the number three pick or the number two pick in the draft, which they then traded to the Chicago Bears in the Mitchell Trubisky trade to move down one pick, so that the Bears could trade up and pick Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson. And in that trade, they got a pick that became Fred Warner. They got the 71st pick in the 2018 draft from the Chicago Bears and used it to draft all-pro linebacker and top three inside linebacker in the NFL, Fred Warner. So the Trubisky trade only gets worse for the Chicago Bears with time. Sorry, Bears fans, but I'm really not sorry because you know what? Bleep you, Bears fans. Bleep you and bleep your fandom because you are losers and you're really freaking annoying. So bleep you, Bears. You traded Fred Warner for the right to draft Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So you can hold this L. Um, But this is not about the Bears. If you want Bears talk, you can check out last Friday's episode with Stripe Hype Cincy. Anyways, so the 49ers spent four years with worst records in the NFL. Going into 2018, they had the third most cap space in the NFL, and they went on a little spending splurge of their own. They gave Jimmy Garoppolo that giant contract extension. They signed Jarek McKinnon to the largest contract in the history of running backs. He was still in the top six of highest paid running backs up until last year where they were able to get out from under the contract by cutting Jarek McKinnon. They, they splurged on a couple other players, but the 49ers... By 2019, remember, so 2018 season, they had a bunch of bad injuries. Like Garoppolo tore his ACL week three. They end up having one of the worst records in the league, but Nick Mullins played the Raiders and threw like 400 yards on a Thursday night football game that outrated the Boston Celtics versus Philadelphia 76ers on TNT because football is king. Um, So the San Francisco 49ers ended up sucking that year, and their reward for it was Nick Bosa. They got the number two pick. They got Nick Bosa for having some really bad, timely injuries that year. But going into 2019, the 49ers signed Richard Sherman. Um, They signed... Well, they'd also... So remember, they drafted DeForest Buckner before. They traded for D. Ford as a piece that was unnecessary after the breakout of a Rick Armstead. So... At that point, the 49ers um, signed D. Ford to a gigantic contract extension that ended up being a bad contract, and they signed Richard Sherman and all of those contracts from before, like Garoppolo and McKinnon and Richard Sherman and, and D. Ford. All those contracts set them with the 20th most cap space in the NFL, which was some level of flexibility, but they had spent a lot of their money, unfortunately for them, on bad contracts. But because they had drafted so well across three years where they had all-pro defensive tackle DeForest Buckner, Pro Bowl defensive end and rookie of the year Nick Bosa, rookie contract, a Rick Armstead, rookie contract, Fred Warner as a rookie, balled out and then got to the second year and beca- or, I'm sorry, second year in made the, I think he made the Pro Bowl during that playoff run, but maybe he didn't. But anyways, Fred Warner, rookie contract. Nick Bosa, rookie contract, DeForest Buckner, rookie contract, a Rick Armstead, rookie contract. They had this awesome defense that was all really, really cheap. And so 
all these contracts they gave out didn't end up coming back to bite him, and George Kittle was still on a rookie contract at that point. So, 20th most cap space, number one seed in the NFC, make the Super Bowl. Next year, they have the 23rd most cap space, which is usually expected. Team window opens, team spends a little more in free agency the next year to try and fill some immediate needs, and the 49ers were one of the bottom eight teams in cap space. Well, then they stunk next year and got themselves out of a bunch of those contracts, like Jarek McKinnon, like Richard Sherman, like trading DeForest Buckner so that his contract wouldn't have kicked into effect this year, and getting Javon Kinlaw as a draft pick instead, and uh, letting Emmanuel Sanders go. I forgot about that, too. They used cap space during that Super Bowl run to trade for Emmanuel Sanders. So the 49ers come back the next year, this year, 12th most cap space in the league. Headed into 2022 now, after the Fred Warner signing, they now have the 19th most cap space in the NFL, which again is bottom half. And in 2023, when most teams have freedom of cap space available, 49ers have the 17th most cap space in the NFL. So they are hanging around that middle to bottom of the pack. But here's what contracts have kicked in and which ones haven't kicked in yet that's putting them down in 2023 which two years from now represents long-term commitments if a player's under contract for two more years these are long-term commitments or rookies which rookies don't really contribute to the salary cap that much Trey Lance and Nick Bosa do more than others but for the most part they don't contribute that much towards the cap um, Trey Lance probably will like contribute seven million which is you know when Trent Williams is making 26 million in 2023, you know, relatively speaking, it's not a huge dent to the cap. Here are the long-term commitments the 49ers have made. Trent Williams, as I mentioned before, highest paid left tackle in the NFL. A Rick Armstead, fourth highest paid defensive end in the NFL or right end, whatever you want to call him. Fred Warner, now the highest paid inside linebacker in the NFL. And George Kittle is the highest paid tight end in the NFL, or second highest paid now. I think Travis Kelsey surpassed him right before last season. But either way, Kittle, one of the highest paid tight ends in the NFL, and soon to be Nick Bosa, and what they hope will be Debo Samuel, who's now entering his third season in the league. So they hope for success for Debo Samuel, who looks like, you know, could be a legitimate second option and wide receiver one they're hoping for his breakout so that he becomes a top five level wide receiver in the nfl or top 10 level wide receiver in the nfl so that's six contracts right there which either will take up 10 to 15 percent of their salary cap or potentially could take up 10 to 15 percent of their salary cap five are guarantee debo samuel is like you know they would they would love for him to break out into a top 10 wide receiver so that they have two crazy options in their offense for Trey Lance. But it also reflects the fact that they're going to have difficulties navigating contracts, even with Trey Lance being under contract for five years below market value with the rookie wage scale. They still are going to be kind of bottom, less than average, at this moment in terms of cap space, and this is before Nick Bosa gets a $26 million a year contract extension, which, you know, if we look at the 2023 salary caps in the NFL and factor in Bosa's contract, 
if we want to add, let's say, 26 million to Bosa, because you know Miles Garrett's got 25 million, I think his brother got 27 million. So let's say to play it safe, 26 million for Bosa, just as an average. You know, you can front load, you can back load, all that stuff. But let's just say for now, you know, 25 million is the number for Bosa relative to the rest of the league. Top five dollars at the position. And again, acknowledge that this isn't totally fair to the 49ers, but if we factor in Bosa's contract, that would put them 27th in the league in available cap space, which again is misleading because other teams will have to sign people too. Like they passed the the um, New York Giants. Well, the Giants might have to pay, or the Giants might make the mistake of paying Daniel Jones, or they'll pass the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will have to pay Chris Godwin coming up. So everyone's got a contract, but I think very few teams have a contract as large as Bosa's. So it may not put them, you know, fifth worst in available cap space, but it puts them in the bottom 10 in available cap space. And so the San Francisco 49ers are going to have a real issue with 50% of their salary cap being contributed to their elite stars, which, you know, it's better when they get those for really cheap because all of a sudden you can get more and more stars. And this is the problem that teams like Atlanta and Tennessee and the Saints and the Cowboys and the Vikings, all of whom have higher cap projections down the road than the 49ers presently, have had to battle because of those teams I just listed, none of them were above 500 last season. And very few of them may, or I'm sorry, the Titans, the Titans were above 500 last season, but just, you know, Todd, a 2000 yard Derrick Henry season got them to that point. So very few of them we expect to be much above 500 this season. I think Minnesota might actually be pretty good, but very few of these teams we say are like Super Bowl contenders, but they spend a lot of money to maintain the status quo. And this is the struggle the 49ers are going to face as these contracts don't become small contracts anymore. As they start minimizing cap space and with the acquisition of Trey Lance, don't necessarily have top end draft picks to hit future players with. Now they can always find another Fred Warner. Like, every team had a chance to draft Fred Warner in the third round, but every team kind of banks on the idea of netting one of those players, and it's really hard to find all-pro players in the second and third round, especially for the 49ers, given that Robert Sala, who is credited a lot with the development of Fred Warner, both in the way that you know Warner talks about having his, his career development and how Sala vouched for him coming out of the draft and how Sala worked with him consistently in San Francisco. Now Sala and Lafleur are gone in San Francisco. And not that Raheem Morris can't develop great players or great draft gems or that Kyle Shanahan isn't a great offensive mind or at least a great schematics offensive mind. Like it doesn't rule out the possibility for success. I mean, heck, they're banking a lot of their future on Trey Lance to try and prevent becoming the Cowboys, the Saints, the Titans, the Falcons, the Vikings, the Jaguars, where you're kind of mediocre or bad in some cases. Like the Jaguars and Falcons were bad last year. Worst records in the AFC and NFC. But before that, they spent a lot of years in the middle. And so being in the middle and having no cap space 
is a situation where the market has kind of blown you up into mediocrity, or what I like to call Kirk Cousins purgatory. But still, the 49ers are investing a lot in Trey Lance, and we don't know what that future is going to look like for him. And it was the move that they wanted to make, given the reality that we're seeing with the signing of Fred Warner, that their contracts are kind of coming up right now. And, you know, Williams is going to be under contract for six years. Armstead, four more years. Warner, six more years. Kittle, five more years. Bosa will be six years after next year, which would make it seven years. And these are contracts that are going to be top-end contracts. Yes, the salary cap is going to go up, and maybe that's something you bank on for relief. But at the same time, everyone's going to benefit from that. And if everyone benefits from it, does it really make it any kind of competitive advantage? Game theory says no, that that's not true. If everyone gets an advantage, some people will benefit more than others, but that's relative to how you manage the cap before getting that salary cap relief. Other teams will probably take better advantage of it than the teams who are already cap-strapped, who just get a temporary relief to allow themselves to sign a couple players here and there. Because as the salary cap goes up, that means player salaries will go up, which will provide some temporary relief, but also prevent teams from having a chance to sign other marquee free agents. So the 49ers game theory suggests that even the cap upgrade shouldn't significantly help the 49ers, given that these contracts will still be top five in their position for most of the contract's length. I won't say all of the contract's length, but for most of the contract's length, these will be top five positionally con- positional contracts that will leave the San Francisco 49ers with about 50% of their salary cap consumed by those five players specifically, all of whom are stars. Like, unquestionably, it's not like they're paying D Ford after next season, which was a really bad contract. Or Jimmy Garoppolo, which is an I-8 contract. Not great, but not bad either. Um, These guys are legitimate stars. Trent Williams, Rick Armstead, Fred Warner, George Kittle, Nick Bosa. Legitimate stars, but also make up a lot of their salary cap. And it's why I think that the 49ers roster on paper is like a wild card to second round exit this year in a really difficult division at the same time where someone's going to lose 10 games and I'm pretty sure it's not the Seahawks or Rams. So just looking on paper, different players don't necessarily mean better players, but it also means with the realities of, you know, hitting on draft picks four or five years ago is that now those players are coming up on new contracts. And the 49ers already made the tough decision of letting uh, DeForest Buckner go and letting Richard Sherman go, and letting Emmanuel Sanders go, and letting Jimmy Garoppolo go, and taking a risk on a rookie quarterback. They've made all the tough decisions already. Now they just have to figure out how they're going to manage the players that they actually wanted to keep, and manage the fact that their Super Bowl window is probably closed. In fact, I'll say with about 86% certainty, their Super Bowl window is closed. All right, let's chat with more Bay Area sports, a little bit of Warriors talk mixed in here uh, with our friend Tunji the Goat. Check him out on TikTok and on Instagram at Tunji the Goat um, because he's got some really good comedy content. You know we love sports comedy uh, here on the show. I hope to think that we have some comedy and satire mixed into what we do as well as 
serious researched salary cap talk around the San Francisco 49ers. So let's talk to our new friend Tunji here on the Take It Easy podcast. Yeah, we can. Uh, sorry, you were talking about the NBA season. Like, no, I, I was just saying it's just really nice to see that there's a new winner, you know, like, you know, people didn't expect the Hawks to be, you know, in the finals. Right or in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they made it right. The the one expected the Suns to be in the finals, and they made the finals. Right, it got to the point where we literally thought the Hawks were going to be in like the finals, and nobody would have predicted that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? nobody nobody would have had the one in eight hundred collapse of the Philadelphia seventy. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's just coming from a Sixers fan. So it's just oh. it's just one of those things that um you just you gotta you gotta appreciate like the whole beauty of the season, right? Everyone thought the Nets were going to win once Harden, that Harden trade happened. And then everyone was like, oh, well, we can pack up the season. But that never happened, right? The NBA gods had different plans. So it's just it's just a real beauty if you look at it overall, you know. We got to see a new king on the throne, Giannis. And we just hope to see that it just bees his way from, like, now on, right? Where we have a new guy every year or somebody's a new guy that's taken over. Or at the very least, a new generation of superstars, whether it's Anthony Davis or Embiid or Jokic or Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, like all those dudes are going to be pretty good for the next five or six years as all the, the old guys start to age out. So, exactly. we, you know, last two years, we've been introduced to new superstars as champions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. And, huh? I said it's a good thing, really. It's a really good thing. Yeah, this is the transition. And we have a fun rivalry now between KD and Giannis going into next year where they're, like, pretty clearly the two best players in the world and Ooh, probably play for I the don't two know. best I don't teams. Know. I don't know about that one, champ. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I don't know. Who are you going to throw out there, though? Uh, Steph Curry, man. I mean, honestly, I think right now, if you had to ask me the way it goes in the top five, it goes KD at one. Because, like, with the stuff he's doing, like, he's literally unstoppable. Like, KD at one, Curry at two. You could put Giannis at three because, like, LeBron, LeBron's, like, over, overall, people would say they'd rather have LeBron. But if we had to be honest and, like, not lie to ourselves, like, That's Giannis has played better say. than LeBron this last season. And, like, in fact, the last couple seasons, he's played better than LeBron. Right? I was about to say, a lot of people like lying to themselves, saying LeBron's still been the best player when he hasn't been the best player. Yeah, he's not really KD. Yeah, it's not, it it's not like it's a bad thing. I mean, he's still putting up, like, MVP-ish numbers. It's just that, like, you know, it's just – it's father time. It's slowly becoming a thing, right, where people say, oh, he's, you know, he's 36, but he's still being, like, the best player. Like, he's he's 36, yeah, and he's still putting up great numbers, but he's not the best player in the world at 36. Yeah, it's still insane. Like, it's yeah. still insane that he's, uh you know, starting in the All-Star game every year. But, yeah, you're right. Like, it's yeah. – at least we don't have a lot of the same disillusions and you know we kind of took KD for granted when he was there and then we thought the torn Achilles is going to be it and now you know here he is putting up 50 point games over and over but yeah Kevin Durant like you said is probably if not the best player in the world like it's one and two you could like I Giannis think he's and one, Kevin Durant are so... I think I think he's one in Curry's like I I strongly believe that Curry's two just because like if you watch Curry, like, there's nothing else he really could have done for them. Like, getting double teamed, 
when he touches the ball, like, and he's still dropping, like, 35 points a night. Like, like it was <laughs> it was really stopping that guy. And then Giannis, like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I like Giannis, but I don't want to have... just putting Giannis there, right? It's because, like, for example, there's nobody on the Suns that was going to be able to guard Giannis, right? So, like, the best of his abilities showed, right? Because there's literally nobody matchup-wise that can at least contain Giannis a bit. And still, he ended up with 35 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and shot over 60% in the playoffs, which is exactly all-time exactly. levels of historic. And Yeah, no, this is definitely a, a, a performance for the ages, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I'm a Giannis guy, so two MVPs and, you know, that um, defensive player of the year and all that stuff. Like, it's been a fun run to see it, like, develop into, you know, if not the best player in the world, like, Brooklyn and Milwaukee are great next year just because they have Kevin Durant and Milwaukee or Milwaukee has Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Steph Curry, I don't think the Warriors are – I don't think the Warriors are going to be relevant again next year, which is unfortunate. Like Steph Curry might be that special. I disagree but... with you, man. You got to first of all, you're you're looking at it from face value, right? But like you have to understand, if you really break it down, they're going to be a very good team next year. I mean, you got to look at the fact that they have they're going to have Clay Thompson coming back, and that's not to say Thompson, but like they have a lot of like pieces on the you know make it very easy for Clay back into like his role right and then you have you got to think about it too they have they have a lot of trade pieces that they can make to get a, a player that they want you know like they have they, they have the seventh yeah, and two 14th. lottery pick that's what yeah they have the seventh and 14th pick if you're like sitting on the the stash that the warriors have and you got you know wiggins is still under contract and wiseman and the seven and the 14 pick like what do you do like who do you go after who do you try and trade for because I'm looking around and like this offseason is going to be kind of boring because it was supposed to be the summer of Giannis and now it's not the summer of Giannis because he signed his Supermax. But like, what do you do if you've got all this stuff sitting there? Who do you go after? Um, You just either go for Dame or you just uh, stay tight. Or if you believe that there's one of those players in the Warriors on that on that lottery, you know, side that you think can win you a championship or can help you win a championship, just go through with it. I mean, like, there's never it's, – it's always good to have enough riches, right? Like, I feel like – Better than not having them. It's better than being the, the Clippers right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I just feel like if you can bolster your team – because they don't have to really do too much. Like, at the end of the day, they have Wiseman, they have Thompson – they have Curry and Wiggins. That's and Draymond Green. That is a great like five, right? That's a great five to have, right? Especially if everybody plays their part. That's a great five to have. So I feel like they don't really need to do too much. It feels time. like for me, it just feels like a second round exit kind of team. Like maybe they'll win one playoff series and then get bounced by a team. It's the that same has... thing everybody said about the Suns, right? After or they said it, they said it was a first round exit for the Suns, right? Yeah, for sure. I you mean, know what I'm saying, and then they beat the defending champion. So I just feel like it's just, it's just, it's just matchups, man. It's really matchups at the end of the day. Because like, you can think this, but they have to play the games at the end of the day. They have to yeah, that, play all. True. One team has to win all four games, and I'm not going to be the one that best against those guys. We see those guys that have like the playoff experience more than anybody in the West, right? It's a yeah. Ball. 
I mean, well, yeah, except LeBron and AD, I guess. But still, like, they all have, those guys. But, but they have more experience than AD. I mean, they, they have three championships. So that big three. That's true, but experience can go the other way and just say these guys are kind of old now. At least Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Steph Curry still balls out, but Steph Curry also takes a lot of shots for the Warriors off. At least he did last year, and I think last year's not a fair representation of the Warriors. Yeah, because like, I mean, because I mean, he, he had to. Player. He had to, right? Clay Thompson wasn't there to like ease the load for him, right? So he had to take those shots, right? Yeah, and. And you also have to think about it too, right? Um, their defensive anchor Wiseman was n- not even healthy for like half the year, right? And they still were in the play-in tournament, right? In the West, right? So like, I'm just, I'm just looking at the fact that they have, like, you know, for what I'm saying to really like manifest itself. But I mean, if Thompson's playing near like even level he's been playing at, they're gonna have a, they're gonna at least be the fourth seed in the West. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know what Clay Thompson's going to be, but I know they're better with Clay Thompson than without Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Even right. if I don't know what version of Clay Thompson is coming. Like I I don't expect Clay to make an all-star team, but like I still think he's going to be like really good or second scorer on a team that loses to the Lakers or Clippers. Well, actually, I don't know if Kawhi's going to be back, but like a team that loses to one of these teams that has a, I think like they can a mega star. Clippers. Even with the Clippers team, I think they can beat the Clippers with the team they have right now. I'm, <sighs> I'm like, I'm literally like 90% sure they can do that. I mean, the, the Warriors have two uh, guards, right? Or yeah. five wings that can guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, right? You can choose who Wiggins wants to guard, because I think Wiggins would be the better person to guard the best player, right, just because of his age and, like, his his injury history, right? He's had a clean injury history. So he can be the one that chases Kawhi everywhere he goes. And and kid you not, Andrew Wiggins is one of the best, like, win defenders out there, right, by the analytics. So I just, feel like, I just feel like if for the face value you're looking at it, yeah, the Clippers are really good. They're great, right? But it's the same Clippers team that almost lost to the Mavericks, right? If If – if Doncic has some type of help, right? Or if he doesn't have a neck, back, and... if he, Yeah, because from carrying that point. damn load, right? So I'm saying, like, if he had some type of help, right, that was not named Tim Hardaway, he would have been going to the next round, and the Clippers would have been a first-round exit. Now, then we're talking about his Kawhi stay with the with the Clippers, right? I think but since they won, the whole narrative just sure. changes. Yeah, I mean, now Kawhi gets to chill out in San Diego for, you know, nine months and rehab his ACL. But I think for sure it was – I think even if they had done – they had, like, had a bunch of success, I still would have said doesn't make a lot of basketball sense for Kawhi to stay with the Clippers because clearly they need a second-best player – or, I'm sorry, a third-best player better than Marcus Morris. Like, Paul George is great as the second-best player, but – they need a third best player better than Marcus Morris. They don't have cap space and don't have draft picks. So I'd say, yeah, Kawhi probably should have left. But now the ACL injury kind of changes that. But yeah, I'm not in love with the Clippers. I just feel like the Warriors, the Warriors are kind of hanging somewhere around that territory of like, yeah, they might be a top four seed in the West, might win a playoff series, but. You still, like you said, you still got Luka. You still got Jokic and a healthy Denver Nuggets team. 
Utah is Utah, which I don't know what I don't know what to do with Utah. You gotta, I, yo, you gotta look, you gotta look at the Warriors like, like, like you're the way you're talking about the the uh, what's it called, like the Jokic and them boys. You gotta look at the Warriors in that light because they're like that, right? Like they they live the championship blueprint, right? They've won three titles in the last like six years. So they, they know what they're doing, right? Like, realistically speaking, they know what they're doing, right? So, like, I, I, yeah, once they get there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not even, they, they, they know the path. They, they already they know the path, how difficult it is. They know, like, what they're down 2 1. They know the series is far from over, right? They know they're, they're down 3 1. The series is still far from over, right? They, they'll be the first people to tell you that, right? So I just, I just feel like, and you're not just the only person. I've had this talk with like uh, one of my friends, right? Like, yeah, the Warriors they they need to be respected. Like, I'm I'm a Sixers fan, so I'm not even being biased. How it really is, man. Yeah. I never the the people I never bet on against in sports is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, uh, LeBron James, and Steph Curry. Those are the four people I never bet against. That's, I mean, that's, I would throw, I'd throw KD up there too, but I can't argue against any of those. Well, I, I just, I, I, I bet against them and the, uh, the Bucks covered for me. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? I just, but <laughs> I just, I never bet against those guys because nine times out of 10, it's just not going to go good for you. I, I would say in the past, yes, but I look up now, I'm like, Curry. They don't – I mean, Wiggins is technically, like, in his prime, but they've got a lot of guys who are exiting their primes or out of their primes and a lot of dudes who are, like, you know, babies at this point. Like, it's it's Wiseman and Eric Paschal and Juan T giving significant minutes for the Warriors outside of those dudes. And I think, like, the 10-seed the thing was kind of weird this year for them just because they were, they were better than a 9 or a 10-seed in the West, but still – I don't know if Clay Thompson is the difference between a nine seed and a two seed. Like Chris Paul was the difference between a nine seed and a two seed for the Suns, and they made it to the finals. I don't know if Clay Thompson's that. Maybe he is, but I don't. I don't think Clay Thompson is quite that. Nope, I can't hear you right now. Hold up. Let me see if I can fix this. Can you hear me better? Yep, we're good. I got you. Okay, so I was saying, like, you got to think about it. Like, Wiseman was hurt. Like, he's supposed to be their rim protector, right? And kids, I think I hurt. They were still, I think, third in defensive efficiency rating in the whole league without their rim protector, uh, James Wiseman. That's right? Draymond. That's that, the power of Draymond. Like, I'm yeah, not going to like, so, so then I'm Draymond. saying, if you have Draymond and James Wiseman there, right, like, you have a good team defensively, and all you need is people to make their shots offensively. Hmm. You have two <laughs> at a very efficient rate. Do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like if you put the pieces together, and the only thing that's going to stop them is just health. Health is the only thing that's going to really stop these guys, right? The way you're looking at it from a nine seed to a two seed, James Wiseman has to be healthy. Clay Thompson has to play at 80% of the, the, the way he's been playing his whole career. Right, I'm not gonna say he has to play 100 percent because that's just that's not realistic, right? From a guy that hasn't played in the last like two years, right? That's yeah. why I say 80 percent. 
But if you have that from them, and Curry was a hurt a little bit in the season, and he was playing through injuries, right? So we just need all these guys to be healthy that, that just need to be able to be on the floor, right? If they all stay healthy, I, I literally I, – I could make this better. If they all stay healthy, the lowest they'd be is the fifth seed. Like, the very, 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 very lowest they're going to be is the fifth seed. Yeah, I mean, let me see. Yeah, fifth, fifth or sixth. I'd say, yeah, you're right. That would be I, the worst I, case like, I'm, And I'm really – when I say fifth seed, I'm really just being nice and being courteous. Like, if I'm really being, like, like – like not all not all fifth seeds are created the same. Like the Lakers were the seventh seed, but we kind of felt like when healthy, they were the best team in the West. Yeah, like, they were the best. You see what I'm saying? So like, so so what you literally just said should apply to the Warriors too, right? Because like we know if they're all healthy, right? With the team that's supposed to have, they're not no ninth seed. They're not a ninth seed. They're not even like a a, a fringe playoff team, right? Yeah, we know no, they're what the easily are. in the playoffs for sure. That's, that's, yeah. that's the point I'm trying to say. Like, we know the prestige that the Warriors have and it should be respected as, right? Like, the way I look at it, the teams that you're talking about, like the Mavericks, the Nuggets, those are the teams that are going to, like, go down a level. The Trailblazers, they're going to go down a level because the Warriors jump up, right? They're that good. That's true. And they're not they're not getting, like, extremely better. Like, I don't know. Dallas is going to give like a hundred mil to Tim Hardaway and that's going to be a mistake, but you're right. None of those teams are really adding pieces the way the Warriors are it's, adding it, clay. It's, and... it, it seems like a mistake, but I don't, I don't really think it's a mistake because first off, he was really getting paid like somewhere around like that on his, on his last deal. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but I still think he was overpaid until this year. I think it was yeah, a yeah, bad yeah, yeah, contract. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like now he's earned that contract, especially with the way that the, the salary cap is set up. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was getting paid 30-something mil, I'd be like, whoa. Like, I don't know about that one, Chief. But, like, if he's getting, like, five years for, like, 110, that's not bad. I mean, like, it's with the cap. It's, like, 22 mil a year. That's You can work around that. You know, you can yeah. pay him the money, like, heavy up front, and then you can, like, slowly, like, decrease the load. No, you're right. I just think of, like, one of these crappy teams, <laughs> Indiana Pacers, <laughs> that usually gives out those contracts to – Tim Hardaway where yeah he'll make that money but you usually have to go to some bad team to get the money like Gordon Hayward did with Charlotte where he took you know 10 more mil than he could have gotten with Boston but has to go play in Charlotte now hey, like, and I, it worked and it worked out for him they were the fourth seed before he got hurt so oh yeah no I'm not saying like Charlotte surprised me a lot this year yeah, I still gonna... I'm still getting crap from Hornets fans because I said uh they were stupid for giving 47 mil to Rozier and Gordon Hayward, but giving 40, not giving 40 mil to Kemba Walker. And that, that aged poorly for me because yeah, of really. everything that happened to Kemba. So no, Charlotte surprised me. It's just, they, their key is LaMelo ball is the other part. Like Gordon Hayward's a nice little piece and he's going to get a shit ton of money, but that key is LaMelo ball. And he is really good. <laughs> Yeah, really imagine if, if they if the Warriors actually drafted Lamelo. That would have been a lot. That that's something lot. that's something we're not going to be talking about. Like the Warriors kind of messed that up. Like the Warriors, I don't think they did. I they, they they needed someone like James Wiseman like to protect the rim for them. Like you, we can be cute and say that, but like it it doesn't really make that much sense for them to draft them, right? But if if they did, it would have been really good. But at the same time, like, they needed someone like James Wiseman that can, like, dominate the paint. I mean, 
his wingspan is just scary. He's like he has a seven like seven wingspan or seven eight wingspan, right? That's that. I don't know if you've seen someone like that big, but like I've seen. Yeah, I've seen I just saw him. <laughs> I just saw um, what's his name? I mean, he's not quite seven seven, but uh, Shaq's son. Um, I saw him like a little while ago, and he's like seven five wingspan. Yeah, seven five, seven four wingspan, right? But like. Wiseman's a whole seven, 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 eight, like, and he's seven, one on top of that. To your point on big guys, like, we just watched DeAndre Ayton ball out. DeAndre Ayton's going to be such a weird case because he looks awesome. He looks like he's going to be a top 50 player in the league, like Vucevic, but we know who they passed on at number three in Luka. And yeah, but my, you know, one of my homies said it the best, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare. But it's like, it's like how MJ was drafted third and Hakeem was drafted first, right? It's literally the same exact thing, right? Yeah, for sure. It's not bad. You're not the Kings, but at least it's it's yeah. But but I I just feel like I feel like right. It it just at the time it made so much sense. I mean, Jaja Aiden, yeah, he was he he was from Arizona, right? Well, before he before he came from the Bahamas, he. He so was living in Arizona. in Arizona. Yeah. He went to school in Arizona, right? In high school and college. Like it just made sense off the face value, right? And look at the playoff run he just had. Like he's first of all, he's gonna get paid a lot of money this offseason. For sure. Yeah. Like he's going to get paid a lot of money. If it's not this offseason, it's the next offseason. And he's gonna get paid a lot of money. No, so yeah, like, he's eligible I, for an extension this offseason. So he can get that 160, 170 for like the, the Suns. It's gonna be just incredible for him. Like he's 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 in a good spot right now, and he's what the Suns need, right? I just feel like he just needs to stay on his game, like the mid range game. He needs to have like a a knockdown like mid range shot where like if they leave him open, they have to pay, and he knows that. Yeah, right. Because I feel like he's he, he, his offense isn't totally dependent on Chris Paul, who may or may not be back with the Suns next year. Yeah, I think he's gonna run it back. I, I just I just think like. With the only reason why I say that is because Monty Williams is the coach, right? They've he was a coach for him when he was in the Hornets, right? And mm-hmm. and they've been really close friends. So I just feel like it just makes sense. You just went to the finals. You live you live in Phoenix, right? That much better than that, right? You can. I I would say at this point in Chris Paul's career, it's just going to be a money talks thing. It's just whoever I mean. Like within reason, like he ain't, he's not going to go play for like Orlando, but within reason, I think it's whoever ends up paying him the most, whether it's, you know, the, the Lakers moving money around or the Knicks or the Suns. I think it's just whoever ends up paying him the most at this point. Yeah, I feel that. And with Aiton, it's going to be the same thing where Aiton's going to get a ton in his contract and he's a building block. And for the same thing with the Warriors, like as great as Wiseman is, if LaMelo Ball becomes special, I don't think LaMelo Ball is Luka, but if LaMelo Ball becomes special, then that's what every team dreams of landing in the draft. The Warriors sucked for like 20 years until they got Steph Curry. And then one magical pick fell into their lap. And now all of a sudden they're like a dynastic franchise. So I think, I think I'm telling you, man, I think, like I really say this in some like in some light. I think when we look back in the next like seven years, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think Wiseman's gonna be better than DeAndre. Like, like I really believe that. I just feel like 
for one, like the shooter Wiseman is, he's a way better. He's not a way better shooter, but he's a more confident shooter than Aiden, right? Like Wiseman's willing to shoot threes, and you gotta think about it. He's he's working with like two of the best uh, shooters on the planet that we've ever seen, right? And James Wiseman, he's been hanging out with Thompson a lot all season. Right, so I, <laughs> I love like, that video. I love that video of them on the boat. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and they're just on the boat together. So I, I just feel like he, he's he's to be a, a really good player in this league for a long time, right? If he can start shooting and knocking down shots and be dominant, like players that can do that, let alone, let alone have great defense. Yeah, so, be one of these great centers that's now. Uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's just funny because I, I don't want to keep talking about the Warriors, right? But James Wiseman is really going to be special. Like, I, I, I really am concrete sure that they made the right pick. They just need a lot. James Wiseman, like, perfectly in the offense where he's had 16 points a night and 11 rebounds. That's all he needs to do, really, for him to complete his role for that team. 16, 15 points get the putbacks, be the force in the paint. And he's a strong guy. Like I I've I've from what I've heard from the people that have seen him, he's he's cut. Like he's really cut. Yeah. And uh your boy over in Philly, Daryl Morey, talks about super sized fives all the time. Like he or super skilled fives. He is like a super skilled five where he's a center but he can do like four different things and you know, play great defense and beat you two different ways. And I thought he was the best prospect in the draft with like right up there with the Ant-Man. But I I started leaking confidence after seeing just how awesome LaMelo ball was last year. Like that was the moment where I was like, Oh, did we just mess up on how good this dude actually is? Yeah, no, LaMelo, I knew LaMelo was going to be good. I mean, he's been playing pro ball since he was like, so like he's, He's been – he's always had a chance to play against professionals. He's played against two different levels of professionals in Lithuania and Australia. So he's always been, like, you know, in the the light, the limelight, right? I never I never thought for a second that he was going to – I think there's a lot of people that wanted to put that on him, and that just was not going to happen. Yeah, it's – and I think a lot of people got burned on the Lonzo thing, especially Laker fans who aggressively traded D'Angelo Russell because Lonzo was coming and then drafted him over Jason Tatum. Like, I think a lot of people got burned on that, that by the time LaMelo came around, they're like, all right, we're not going to we're not gonna make that same mistake again. And, you know, LaMelo got that professional training, and now look how awesome he is. But, it, do, it again, it doesn't make Wiseman better or worse. It just makes it the Warriors look better or worse for making a wrong pick or a right pick, which we'll only know like five, ten years from now. Even Aiton, like as great as Luca is, I think Aiton can. We still look and say it's not bad. You're not the team that took Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic, but it's not great either. Not it's not. It, it could have been better per se, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely. a tough situation. And uh, we ended up going a half hour, so I appreciate it, dude. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Man. Yeah. And follow, was it Tunji? How do you pronounce that? Tunji the Goat. Tunji the Goat. Follow him on TikTok. Follow him on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if you're anywhere else, but those are the two that I know for sure. Because the Goat. 
TikTok and then send you the MVP on Twitch. I'm gonna start my Twitch, uh, my Twitch brand, and I'm gonna start playing um, a lot of throwback games. Probably in the next like three weeks, I'll be starting my Twitch. Okay, how far of a throwback are you? Because for me, when I hear throwback, I think like 2K11. <laughs> like yeah, I'm. Ago, I was. So the plan is, um, I, you know, like you know, Aiden Ross, how he kind of got like popping off of like GTA role play and uh, um. Like what, what I want to do, do is I want to do Michael Myers on Modern Warfare. Oh, uh, that's, that's honestly my childhood. I used to play Michael Myers on Modern Warfare. Sick. Dude. No, I, 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 I grew up. I didn't play the games, but I grew up around video games, so I know, I know what you're talking about. At the very yeah, least. so, so that's what I was gonna do. I was gonna do Michael Myers, and then like it's gonna, it'll be a thing too. I just, I just hope with whatever is going on in my life right now. So I got a couple of, uh, of people I'm working for right now working for overtime in the next couple weeks, right? So at least maybe try to use their platform to help me, right, and help each other, you know. And, um, yeah, that's that's really the plan, honestly. For sure, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> and, again, he's got, like, 250,000 followers on TikTok, so check that out as well. Like, the man is man is doing awesome, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on and chatting with me for a bit. I enjoy these these getting to meet new people and just talking basketball. That's you, bro. Especially, man. I hope you get to 50k in the next day or so, man. Yeah, we on our way. It's been it's been a while, but we're we're working our way up slowly but steadily. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me, bro. Take take care.